1: You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin
0: Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at
1: www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Love God, love people, love life sides were taking over. Let's make our confession of faith together. Because I am unconditionally loved by God and that harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. Remain staying. I want you to go very quickly. I want you to go very quickly uh, to the scripture we've been looking at since we opened the series, Revelation 5.10. Revelation means to unveil or to uncover. Say to unveil and to uncover it is now where we get our greek word uh, apocalypto which gives us our word apocalypse and sometimes if you're watching stuff on the history channel they can scare you because they don't know what they're talking about now revelation isn't a book that we should be afraid of revelation simply means to unveil or to uncover that which was always there which is why the book is called the revelation of jesus christ because everything in revelation is god simply saying this is what's been going on i'm just showing it to you because it's been happening even if you didn't know it which means watch this since the book says we're kings even though you didn't know that that's what you've been the whole time see watch this your circumstances and situations wanted you to think that you were chump change you were some failure you were some mistake you were some accident but the whole time you've been a king Revelation five ten, and have made us say he made me now I need y'all to talk to me 11 15 say he made me Uh, which means you don't have a choice in the matter this is not whether or not you want to be a king it's whether or not you feel like being a king because it's going to be some days you just quite frankly feel like giving up and throwing in the towel but you don't have a choice in this matter it says and he has made us what kings and priests to our God and we shall reign when we die and we shall reign when we get to heaven and we shall reign in the sweet by and by and we shall reign when and where on the earth what is it implied in terms of when we're supposed to reign now Now, which means, watch this, uh, watch this, financial issues are not supposed to reign over you. Depression is not supposed to reign over you. Discouragement is not supposed to reign over you. Generational curses are not supposed to reign over you. So today, I got an assignment that's to reverse what's been reigning over you. Say, I'm supposed to reign now. Now lay your hands on yourself, say your name. Say, there is a king in you that is emerging, and you shall reign now if you believe it give God a shout in the house I said if you believe it give him a shout in the house father Taylor make this word customize it for us your people we are kings and priests unto you in Jesus name we pray somebody shout hallelujah as you take your seats, I five, two or three people say, there's three things every king needs. Three things every king needs. Three things every king needs. Uh, in this series, we're talking money, power, and respect, God's way, because there are three things that we all desire. Truth be told, I've never seen anybody say, I don't want more money. I've never seen anybody say, I don't want more power. I've never seen anybody say, I don't want more respect. Think about it. On a job, uh, you want more authority. You want to be promoted. You want to go up the ranks. Uh, That is power. Think about money. I don't care if you got a billion dollars or you got two dollars. You always want more. This is why the scripture often says that to him who has, more will be given. Why? There's a principle here that we all desire more because truthfully, we all desire progress. And if I'm honest with you and you're honest with yourself, that is some of your frustration in life is that you're tired of being busy but not not seeing progress all right you're tired of exerting energy but not having any progress to show it is the equivalent now of being on it uh, on a treadmill uh, I'm exerting a lot of energy but after all that energy I put out I ain't gone nowhere well I came to announce to some kings those days are over in your life I said I came to speak to some kings to tell you your days of being busy but unproductive are over that was last year but you are in your banner year now which means your best year yet which means this time when you're busy you're also gonna be equally productive Now, watch this, watch this. Uh, uh, You, we opened this series out, and I taught you that you are a king. And ladies, whenever I say you are a king, it also refers to ladies. You are a queen. It's not a sexist thing. Say, I am a king. So we started this series by introducing you to the real you. Not the you that's been morphed because of your messes, but you, the king. See, you've all had failures. We've all had failures. We've all uh, gone through the valley. We've all hit rock bottom, but that's not who we are. So you may have done everything that people say that you did, but you are not who they say that you are. You are a king. See, you may have had some failures, but you're not a failure. You may have made some mistakes, but you are not a mistake. Sometimes you got to learn how to separate what you've been through from who you are. Because what you've been through is not who you are where you were born is not who you are maybe you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth maybe the truth be told you have to go find the spoon because didn't nobody give you nothing but watch this that's the best thing that could have ever happened to you because you learned how to do it your okay You learn how to do it yourself. Stop complaining about your life. Stop complaining about your past. Stop complaining about your background and who didn't do this for you and your daddy wasn't this and your mama wasn't that and your cousins did this and that to you. It taught you that there was life even if other people dropped you. There's life even if other people reject you. And sometimes a king needs to learn what's in them. And the only way to learn what's in them is you throw them in the water in the deep end and say, you better swim. I think there's some people like this 1115 that learn how to swim anyhow. Say, I am, I am a king. Then the second thing, when we open this series in the message, I am a king, I taught you that every king has dominion. In Genesis 1, 28, God makes it clear. He wants us to have dominion. Say dominion. dominion. Come on, talk to me, church. Say dominion. dominion. Uh, he wants us to have dominion in the earth, which is simply what we have authority over. See, you were born to rule, reign, conquer, and subdue in life, not just in death. Consequently, the issue that we have for many Christians is that they were mistaught. Say mistaught. They were taught that Christianity is all about living to die so then one day you can go to heaven. Now, an understanding in the scripture, we were never promised heaven as a place to live. We were promised the kingdom of heaven, which is the lifestyle. You and I are supposed to live to bring heaven down here, not try to hurry up and die so we can get over there. Touch your neighbor and say, unpack your bags and start living. See, stop worrying about the afterlife and you ain't ruling nothing in this life. Touch your neighbor say, unpack your bags and start living. Now I hear what somebody says right there Well Bishop if I had more money I'd start living Listen no you wouldn't because you'd always come up with an excuse not to I don't care if you got two cents in the bank Or two million in the bank or two billion in the bank I'm going to tell you wherever you at You better maximize where you at Tell your neighbor and say I'm going to enjoy my life You might be in stretch right now Stop complaining about the stretch Shut up and just be stretched and enjoy life God says I sent you to brew And to reign and to conquer And to subdue and you're supposed to do it when, church now Now, here's the first question about dominion. First question is how are you managing the dominion you already have? How are you managing your existing finances? How are you managing your existing family, your existing car, your existing career, your existing home? Because how you manage what you have is a prerequisite to more dominion. There's a parable of the talents in the scripture where uh, the, there's this parable he's taught to teach a principle. The person that got the least did the least with it because he was scared to lose it. The person with the most took the greatest risk, but he got the most back. And so now he received more. And so Jesus says to whom much is given, much is required. And the principle that we learn from his is that if you don't manage what you have well, why in the world are you seeking more? You ever seen somebody that doesn't do a great job at what they're currently doing and they up for a promotion? And they're talking about, I just want greater responsibility. How about you manage what I gave you and do that well before trying to get more? Anybody ever seen folk like that on your job? They show up late and they leave early talking about, i just trying to get this manager spot. Manager? Best thing you can do right now is learn how to manage your timeliness because until you can learn how to be on time, who in the world and how in the world are you going to manage anybody else? If you can't manage and steward you well, how are you going to manage and steward somebody else? Now, additionally, somebody say Additionally. As you conquer enemies, and an enemy is anything that opposes your forward progress in life, you increase your dominion. This is where we get the concept of the word kingdom. It's a king's domain or king's dominion and evolve. See, to evolve, to have greater dominion, you've got to conquer some enemies, both the ones you create. Now, watch this. That's normally formed by your disobedience to following the principles you're taught from God's word and impatience. See, there's some enemies you made. Y'all not talking to me. See, God, we're quiet. There are some enemies that weren't the devil, some enemies that weren't God. There are some enemies we made, and they normally come when we disobey God's word because we're trying to do our own thing, normally because we're impatient. Just ask Abraham about it. Abraham got impatient. And so they come up with this bright idea for Sarah uh, to uh, now uh, give up her handmaiden, whose name is Hagar. And she says, "Uh, Abraham, listen, I know God said me and you are going to have a son. But she says, I just don't understand it's going to happen. So let us help God. In other words, she got impatient and she disobeyed. Be careful when you're getting impatient because you'll start getting disobedient. And disobedience is always a prerequisite to destruction. But I think there are some people in this place that say, I'm sick of creating enemies for myself. I'm sick of creating giants for myself. I'm sick of creating problems I got to fix. Would you touch your neighbor and say, not anymore? That's the wrong neighbor. Try the other one. Would you touch him and say, not anymore? I prophesied to you that your days of self-defeat and self-destruction, those come to an end. Even as you're springing forth, no more will you create your own enemy. You got to go fight. From this day forward, you will get out of your own way. Somebody holler, I receive that. Amen. I was telling him this morning at the 9.15 for the seven minutes that I had to preach of the actual message that in the movies Ghostbusters, anybody remember movies Ghostbusters? Okay, anybody remember the movies Ghostbusters? Okay, does anybody watch movies in Denver? Okay, Okay. No. if you remember in the movie, towards the end of Ghostbusters 1, the movie, the, 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 the lady, <clears throat> she really didn't look like a lady. She was acting real rough and tough. But that's just, the, you know, Gozer or whatever her name was. She was like, pick your enemy. And, uh, and, so, and so they said, well, whatever you speak, whatever you utter, uh, whatever you think, that's going to be your enemy. And so they, the ghostbusters said, well, don't nobody say nothing. Don't nobody think anything. And then all of a sudden, the one dude, he, he thinks, and he thinks of the marshmallow puff man, the stay puff marshmallow man. And all of a sudden, she says, you've picked your adversary. They created their own enemy then had to fight what they made. A lot of times you're tired because you make enemies and then get mad, you got to take them down. So I'm going to prophesy to you one more time that your days of self-destruction and creating enemies that you have to defeat and destroy, I prophesy to you that those days are over in your life. Somebody holler, I receive that. Now, this is important because watch this, there are enemies, be seated, there are enemies uh, that we create, and then there are enemies, watch this, that choose us. You got it? Now, either way, you're going to have to conquer those enemies to increase your dominion. Say that's the cost of dominion. But as kings, when we face an enemy, remember an enemy is anything that opposes your forward progress. An enemy is a noun, a person, place, thing, or idea that opposes your forward progress. This means your enemy could be your mentality. Your enemy could be your sense of identity. Your enemy could be your ideology. See, what I've discovered about most people is that most people sometimes overestimate what they think they know and underestimate what they could learn. See, have you ever met somebody that thought they knew everything there was to know about everything? And you're just sitting up there looking, saying, listen, you're getting ready to go into a ditch. You're getting ready to go off the end of the road. And they're like, no, I'm not. You're like, look, man, I can see your truck. Your truck is getting ready to go off the edge. No, I'm not. I just think this is what I'm supposed to do. And then once they go off the edge, you're like, I, well, I was trying to. So an enemy, watch this, could be right in between your two ears because watch this, you're so scared of learning something new that you hold on to what's old even though you know what's old ain't working. Oh, but I think there's some people at this 11:15 15 a.m. experience today that say that was then and this is now. I will not be my own enemy. I will not get in my own way. Now, but, but, but watch this? Uh, say, I need dominion. Say, I have dominion. So you catch it, so you have an existing dominion, but that dominion has to expand. It has to expand, and for it to expand, you've got to conquer what? Enemies, and an enemy is anything that opposes your forward progress. Now, as kings, though, church, when we face an enemy, our location gives us an advantage. Say, I'm a king. Now, Ephesians 2, 6 says this, and God has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, which means whenever we face an enemy, we are not facing an enemy head on. We are facing it top down. It only looks as big as it does because you're looking at it head on. But when you understand you're a king, you take a different perspective because you live from a different elevation. So you look down on it versus looking directly at it. And I taught you this before, I need you to get it again. Have you ever been on an airplane and when you're on the ground, uh, you're looking around and the airport looks huge, everything looks huge. But as you begin, watch this, to evolve and to expand and to increase, watch this, your perspective and to change your placement and your position. All of a sudden now what looked big is now looking small. What changed? Nothing changed about what you were looking at. What changed is the advantage from which you were looking at it. I'm here to tell somebody the only reason what you're facing looks so big is because you're not acting like a king. You're acting like a court jester. You're looking at your problem eye to eye. And instead you need to say, wait a minute. He's made me to be seated with him in heavenly places. Which means I'm not looking head on at my issue. I'm looking down at my issue. Which means God has a strategy for me to conquer this thing. I just got to start looking down at it instead of looking head on at it. Are you still here? Now, 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 this is important because watch this. This is important because I gave you this third principle that every king rules from a throne. That is your placement. That is your position. Now, Revelation 321, to him that overcomes, is Jesus speaking, I, will I grant to sit with me in my throne Even also, as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Now, let's say I'm seated on a throne. No, no, see, see, watch this. This is so foreign to most of us to even say it. You're like, no, just Jesus is supposed to be there. No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, When he sits, I sit. When he moves, I move. How? Just like that. I need you to stop looking at yourself as a victim. You are not a victim. Stop talking about what they did to you and how they messed you over and all that. God says you needed that to teach you how to conquer some stuff. You ought to thank God for the people that dropped you. Thank God for the people that walked out on you. I needed that to Test and say you needed that. See, you're seated on a throne. Which means, watch this. I'm not looking at problems the same way you look at them. You see opposition, a king sees opportunity. You see a problem, a a king sees probability. You see an issue, a king sees an advantage. Because the reality is kings don't sit where everybody else sits. Oh, my God. Now, when a king mounts his throne, he makes decrees. Say decrees. Now, and kings can't be careless with their words because their words carry great weight and carry great consequences, which set us up uh, for where we went uh, on Wednesday night, which is how to pray like a king. Matthew 12, 37. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Watch this church. You are where you are because of what you say. Not because of what your mama did. Not because of what your daddy did, not because of what your cousins did, not because of what your job did, not because of what the bank did, but Jesus said because of what you said. Because you talk too carelessly not realizing you're a king. And a king can't just be joking about stuff because people around the king will take what the king says and go implement it into policy you not hearing what I'm saying? So if a king says, I'm so sick of him, I wish somebody would take him out, the king's aides and servants will go kill whoever the king just said that about. Why? Because they said, well, he said it, so he must be serious about it. Could it be that some of your complaining heaven has thought you were serious about? And so when you started complaining about your life, and you started complaining about your circumstances, started complaining about your issues, heaven said, well, evidently they want to be broke because they talk broke. Evidently, they want to be stressed because they talk stress. Evidently, they don't want to be good enough because they talk like they're not good enough. But you, you are a king, which means you got to change some of the stuff coming up out of your mouth. I dare you to just put your hand on your own mouth and say, shut up sometimes. Shut up. Sometimes if you ain't got nothing that's full of God's word to say, you just need to shut your mouth sometimes. Sometimes when you feel like complaining about life, sometimes you just got to shut your mouth sometimes sometimes parents when you want to complain about your kids you just sometimes husband and wife when you want to complain about your spouse you just got to shut your mouth touch your neighbor say shut your mouth sometime because when you're a king whatever you say comes to pass let me prove it to you have you ever said something negative and the thing you said negative seemed like it happened the next day but the good stuff you say you like where is it at it's because you send too many mixed messages okay one moment you want this, the next moment you want that. It's kind of like a relationship. Anybody ever been in a relationship? Just keep because you might be in that relationship with them right now, so don't put your hand up. Anybody ever been in a relationship with somebody? They send mixed messages. On Monday, you the best thing since sliced bread. On Tuesday, they just don't know no more. Y- y'all going to do me like that. Okay. Uh, uh, on Thursday, uh, they sending you wedding dresses and wedding pictures. Uh, this is where we should do honeymoon. By Wednesday, they sending you text messages. I just can't do this. They're sending you songs because they're too passive-aggressive to use words. it's quiet in the church y'all, y'all ain't saying nothing so I'm gonna preach my own now, they won't use words so they send songs just listen to the lyrics of the song how about you grow up and tell, tell me what you want tell me what you need I ain't got time to listen to no song Just watch this YouTube. I'm not watching nothing. You better learn how to say what you want. That's what works in your life though is that God says, listen, you got all this stuff you're thinking but you ain't saying nothing and you're scared to say it because you don't want something bad to happen. When sometimes what you got to learn how to do is say, listen, I'm a king. So even if opposition comes against me, that's going to make me strong enough to handle whatever it is I'm calling into my life. You need to stop talking low. Stop talking down. Stop thinking low. Stop thinking down. Somebody holler, I am a king. Which takes us to the first of three things every king needs. The first thing is kings need to pray like kings. We started this on Wednesday. They said, kings, kings need to pray like kings. And I gave you three things about that. I want to get into that a little deeper. Kings pray to fix the problem, not relieve the pain. Most of us were taught to pray to relieve the pain. Lord, just give me, Lord, just get me out of this. Kings don't pray that way. Kings say, Lord, I want to get everything out of what I'm going through. See the difference? See, watch this, watch this. Regular people want to get out of trouble. Kings say, I want to get everything out of trouble that I can get while I'm in trouble. Watch this. Regular folk want out of a mess. Kings say this is going to be a message, so I want to milk it for everything that it is. See, watch this. You stop being bitter over some of the things that happened in your life if you started kinging up and acting like a king with that stuff and saying, you know what? It was good, like the psalmist said. It was good for me that I was afflicted because I learned some stuff. Is there anybody in here at this 1115 that can say it was good that I went through some things because it taught me some stuff? Taught me about myself. Taught me about God. Taught me about the enemy. Watch this. Taught me about other people. Oh, because people will learn you, won't they? Learn is a southern colloquialism, which means teach you. People will teach you. You can think you know a person from top to bottom, A to Z, left to right, rooter to the tutor. And then all of a sudden, one morning, you can wake up and say, who in the heaven are you? Nobody's ever experienced that. Nobody's ever dealt with that. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Kings pray to fix the problem, not relieve the pain. Say, when I pray, I have to fix the problem, not relieve the pain. See, whatever pain you're experiencing is revealing that there is a problem that needs to be healed or there's something that needs to be killed. And when you won't deal with this, you'll keep facing that over and over and over again because you pray prayers of relief instead of praying like a king. And a king prays, which is his next point we learned in how to pray like a king, is a king prays to fix their sin. Say sin. Sin. Now, now when I say sin, immediately things may come to your mind. uh, Doing this bad, this bad, this bad. And I want you to get a better understanding of sin than that. Because sin means to miss the mark. Say to miss the mark. Now, in chapter 5 of Lamentations, the book of Lamentations, which is essentially uh, the book of Jeremiah, part 2, in Lamentations, to lament, to mourn, that word in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament actually means how. So they are in a situation where everything that they are saying really goes back to the question of how. Can we be honest that some of the stuff you're really saying, the reason you complain is because your real question is how? The reason you blame people is because your real question is how. The reason you won't accept responsibility is because your real question is how. And as long as you have a how, watch this, that is unanswered, you'll never seem to be able to get to a what that is the answer. You're still here. Now, in chapter 5 of Lamentations, which means how, God's people are in a mess. When they start complaining about it, uh, then they change their confession after they started complaining. Touching neighbor and say, you got to change your confession. They took responsibility for their sin. And again, that means to miss the mark. So here's what a king does. A king says, rather than me blaming my spouse for my male problems, what's wrong with me? What can I do differently? What can I change? A king, when they got problems with their children, a king doesn't say, I'm just so sick of these kids. These kids are crazy. A king says, what can I do differently? If a king has issues with their finances, they don't blame their job. They don't say, I need to make more money. A king says, what is it I can do differently? Where am I at sin? Where am I missing the mark? What am I missing? What am I not aware of? What didn't I do? What did I do? So in Lamentations 5.16, here's what they say. After a bunch of complaining, they complain from verses 1 through 15. Then all of a sudden, in verse 16, they say, the crown has fallen from our head. Watch what they're saying. We stopped acting like kings and started acting like regular people. Okay, I wish I had a church here. Tell your neighbor say, why'd you stop acting like a king? They said, the crown, the crown, the crown, the crown, the crown, the crown has fallen from our head. Okay, maybe you need another visual. The crown, mm -hmm, the crown has fallen from our head. Watch this. Woe to us, for we have, verse, sinned. In other words, they said, what we're going through is our fault. It ain't the devil's fault. It ain't my mama's fault. It ain't my daddy's phone. It ain't, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. You ever had somebody in your life that, that the moment they came in your life, you're like... And I'm not talking about just you suspicious because you're suspicious about everybody because you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm talking about every red flag that you have in your book of red flags was alarmed. And then you said to yourself, nah, maybe it's okay. You said, Lord, give me a sign. They disappeared for four days. And then pop back up. I was just going through some things. I just. None of y'all ever had? None of y'all have had. Okay. watch this? Watch this? Watch this? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, after a bunch of time put in it, a bunch of money put in it, you, you, you know, maybe it was a friend, whatever, you put all this energy into helping them, doing all that. And, you know, they didn't have no money. You picked them up. You did this for them. You did that for them. You're like, you know what? This is a good friendship. Is, is that a friendship or a project? Because friends mean we both bring something to the table. Projects means you get the upside, I put the investment in, I don't get none out of it. Then all of a sudden the project acts crazy with you. You know, you're like, look, sucker, you didn't know your hand from your foot, your eye from your leg. You didn't know that there was such a thing as a Jesus. You didn't know that. There, you, th- you thought Jesus was just uh, 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 Juan's friend. Because you thought it was Jesus. Y'all not talking. And you. if you're Juan or Jesus, don't be offended. I'm making a point. Touch your neighbor say, stay with Bishop. And then all of a sudden, after all that time, your red flags finally say, And then here's what you'll do. Where'd it go wrong? Where'd it go wrong? You knew from Jump Street. I wish I had an honest search in here. You knew from Jump Street what you were dealing with. You knew they were a snake because you found them in the snake pit. Y'all not saying nothing. You knew they were a lie because they lied to you about somebody else. But okay, y'all not going to talk to me. So here's what happened. They said, listen, this is our fault. See, watch this. When you blame, you're lame, but when you're keen, you accept responsibility. Let me tell you the most mature thing you could do right now is stop blaming everybody else and say, you know what? That was me. That was me. I lost some money off that, but that was me. Uh, that was a bad friendship. That was me. That was a relationship I never should have got into. That was me. That was something I never should have did, but that was me. Here it is. I'm almost out of time. Watch this. It said, the crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Verse 17. Because of this. In other words, they said, it's our fault. And it's not about blame, it's about responsibility. Say it's not about blaming, it's about responsibility. They said, because of that, one of the things I can't stand is when people don't take responsibility. I listen for people that don't take responsibility and then I take mental notes and say, I can never trust them because if something ever goes wrong, they'll blame me for their problems. It's quiet in the church. It says, because of this, watch this, our heart is faint. In other words, they said, our mind is tired. I am mentally drained. But it's my fault. Because heart in the Hebrew language of Old Testament is left, which means mine. Because of these things, our eyes grow dim. In other words, they said we can't even see right anymore. We can't even see right. You, you ever gotten to a place? Watch this. I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday, and I was, I was trying to help them through something. And, and, and I said to them, I said, well, I'm going to tell you you're totally wrong. I said, but let me tell you why you're totally wrong. I said, now, just mark the day. I said, I'm not trying to convince you to do nothing different because I, I sold that business years ago. You do whatever you want to do. I care less. Just don't do it on my dime. Amen. Praise him. And so I said, here's the reason why I said, you've already created a narrative in your mind that you've chosen to believe. So because you've created that narrative, everything you see, every piece of evidence will support the narrative you already believe. Even if it's wrong, let me prove it to you. If you are just convinced that everybody in the world is out to get you, everything you see is people out to get you. So somebody says, good morning. They were just trying to shake my hand. They probably have them little pins on their hand. They're trying to poison me. Somebody somebody will try to be kind to you. Like the only reason they're being kind to me, they must want something from me because the only people that are nice are people that want something. Or maybe they're just nice. Y'all not saying nothing to me in this here, church. Okay, now watch this. Watch well, this, uh, which, brought us, which brought us to this uh, third thing about how kings pray. and I'm almost done. Is kings pray like sons, which brings us to the second thing that every king needs. Every king needs, number two, a man of God. Every king needs a man of God. Now, the position from which you pray makes a big difference, okay? So the principle about praying is that I must pray, I must pray. like a son. Now, check this out. The position from which you pray makes a big difference because are you asking your heavenly father or do you think he's a deadbeat dad? This is an important issue then because the statistics tell us that most people's relationships with their fathers are frustrating, fickle, or faded. Because depending on the source of the statistic, up to 72% of homes are fatherless. So how are you supposed to ask a heavenly father from something, uh, for something when an earthly father gave you nothing but grief and disgust? How are you supposed to be self-confident when you never receive affirmation from a father? So you'll act like a dog when you think you're an orphan because you're just trying to get adopted. See, the opposite of a son or a daughter is an orphan. And an orphan is one that is simply seeking a place to fit. They are simply seeking adoption. So if you've ever gone, I remember years ago I got into this thing where I said, I'm going to get a dog, and I quickly got delivered from that. But while I was in that place, while I was in that valley of thinking that I wanted a dog, because it was a valley for me. I know in Denver you love dogs, you take them on the plane, you take them to hotels, you take them to restaurants, you sit roughy sit up at the table so he can sit at the table and eat. You give him regular adult food, he has eggs and bacon, you spend $20 for him to have a meal, and I'm nothing against that, that's cool. I'm just not from that particular line of thinking. I believe dogs are supposed to bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay, out there. I saw to a pastor yesterday, and he said, oh, look at my dog. Bishop, I said, you need to clean that carpet because that carpet is a mess. I said, I, you talking about look at the dog. I'm looking at that carpet that that dog did it up. Clean that carpet. <laughs> no, nothing to say. Here's the point. Here's the point. I, I remember years ago, I went into uh, the, uh, the Dumb Friends League, and I said, well, I want to get a dog. I want to get a dog that, that, you know, everybody else gave up on, whatever, whatever else. I'm going to get a dog. So I went, I went, I went, I went. It was a real emotional moment. I get it. I get it. It was an emotional moment. I walked in there. and said, oh, and then, and, then, and then I read the story and I was like, they just need love. That's all we want. We all just want love. And so I'm walking through the Double Friends League and all that, and all that. And once something interesting happened, they, they, they started acting crazy. Watch this, because watch this, when you think like an orphan, you'll bite and scratch and fight just because you want somebody to adopt you, you want somebody to accept you, you want somebody to be there. But you, listen to me, you are not an orphan, you are a son, and when you are a son, it changes the position from which you pray. See, man may have dropped you, but God will never drop you. (laughs) Touch your neighbor, say, you are not an orphan. Say, you are a son. Now, again, when I say son, it also means uh, daughter. Now, watch this, watch this watch says Romans 8 14 it says for as many are led by the spirit of God these are the sons of God verse 15 for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again Romans 8 and 15 for you did not receive the spirits of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption from whom we cry, Abba father literally meaning daddy father so that means there's a difference between the two I don't have time to get into that difference today but now check this out uh, you have a heavenly father you got to earth through a natural father but you are empowered and mature through a spiritual father that is your man of God. Now, say every king needs that. Now, there are four basic levels of Christian maturity or discipleship. See, Jesus said, go and make disciples. That means disciplined students. So disciplined students mature. See, when you go to school, you don't start as a senior. You got to start at kindergarten, and you go through the levels of maturity. It's the same thing with Christianity. You don't come in as a senior. You come in as kindergarten, and then you work your way up. You mature. Say, I'm mature. Come on, talk to me, 1115. Say, I'm mature. Now, four basic levels of Christian maturity or discipleship. First is multitude. These are folk who come to church for what they can get. They come to God for what they can get. But then you got to mature. You have to evolve. Next level is sheep. Sheep follow the voice and the vision of their shepherd or pastor. But then you got to mature. That's the servants. Servants use their lives to change the lives of others. Then finally, the fourth and highest level of Christian maturity or discipleship are spiritual sons and daughters. Here's what that means. They're fully committed to God and their man of God all day, every day, in every way. Why is that important to understand, Bishop? That is important to understand because if you look through the scriptures, if you look at any of, if you look at the books of 1 Kings and 2 Kings, you will see that everywhere there is a king, that king kept close to him, the man of God. Now, in the game of chess, any chess lovers in here? Okay, all six of you. All right, now, watch this. So, so these are chess pieces back here. Chess pieces, chess pieces back here. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. We got a king, we got, we got a queen, and then we have a bishop. Those are the only three we put up here. Because ain't no pawns in here. Ain't no chump change in here. Ain't no low-living people in here. A- ain't no drama-filled people in here. It's just kings, queens, and a bishop. Now, now here's what's interesting. If you look at the books of 1 Kings, 2 Kings, everywhere there was a king, the king kept the bishop close to him. They kept the man of God close to him. Because watch this, the king said, I'm going to be making big decisions and I can't afford to make decisions that mess up my life. So I need to keep the man of God close to me because every king needs a man of God. Let me help you understand something. Whether you're here at a physical campus or watching on a digital campus, you're not here by accident. I know you think you picked to come to harvest, but what I need to let you know is that God, before the foundation of the earth, picked something very different than what you might imagine how this happened. So you think you just got an invitation and you came. No, what really happened is God says, you're a king and I need you to have a man of God. You're not hearing what I'm saying? I know you just think somebody shared it with you on Facebook or shared it with you on Instagram or somebody uh, said you got to come check this out. But the reality is before the foundation of the earth, God says you are a king and you are a priest and you're supposed to reign on the earth. So I'm going to give you a man of God so that as you're navigating through your life, you don't have to do it on accident. You don't have to do it by experiment because every king needs a man of God. And is there anybody at home where you're glad you ain't out there just trying to figure out how to do this on your own, but your God loved you enough to give you You are man of God, kings, queens, and the bishop. So that's why we come to church. We come to church so the kings can learn how to rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. So that's why you come here because every king, if you study the Bible, every king kept the man of God close to them. Even if you look at monarchies throughout history, you'll notice that the king's on the throne and the queen may be somewhere there if there is one. And you'll notice there's a man that's got a miter or or garment on top of his head and it looks kind of like a reverse oval. Well, that was the bishop because every king knew he needed to keep the man of God close to him. And so he might say, Bishop, how do I do that? That's why we have the CDs. That's why we have the app. That's why we have the messages. That's why we make all those things available. So when you're like, Bishop, I, when you're like, listen, I'm just going to give up. You can pull up one of the messages. And then the king can keep the man of God close to them. When you say, I don't know what to do. I'm about to lose my mind up in here, up in here. If one more person, if one more thing. But the Bible says that he gives you a man of God, Jeremiah. That would feed you with knowledge and feed you with understanding. So you don't have to go through life just making mistake after mistake. Which brings us to the third and final point. Can I finish the message? Which brings us to the third and final point that everything uh, needs, three things a king needs. What's the first thing? Kings need to pray like kings. The second thing, every king needs a man of God. Somebody say check. Check. You got a man of God. And you got a man of God, listen, listen, that's going to fight with you. That's going to fight for you. See, don't mess with a harvester because you mess with a harvester. You mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. Okay, see, watch this. Why is it that gangs understand that better than church folk? Okay, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Why is it that gangs got more loyalty than some church folk do? No, I'm not up in here. Up in here, you are not by yourself. Up in here, you do belong. Up in here, if somebody mess with you, they mess with all of us and they don't want no problems. They don't want no problems with us. Does the name say, I know that's right. Which brings us to the third and final point. Every king needs a high pain tolerance. Every king needs a high pain tolerance. Let me tell you a problem. Let me tell you a problem. Let me tell you a problem. Is pain, watch this, is part of growth and evolution. And when you're a king, because you're always growing and evolving, you have to get used to playing in pain. Here's what you want to do, I just want to take some time, I'm just going to not be at church for a while, I'm just going to watch online, I just want to take, I'm not going to serve, I'm going to sit myself down, and I'm not going to serve, and I'm just going to do that, because I just need some time to just heal, and that's why you broke, busted, disgusted, messed up, jacked up, torn up, tangled up, don't be offended, I just got to get you the kings back in these places. What, what were you trying to say, Bishop, here's what I'm trying to say, here's what I'm trying to say. Watch this. When you're a king, you don't have the luxury of abdicating the throne because you're in pain. Are you hearing me? Here's what too many of us like to do. And, so, and I got to wrap this up. Touch your neighbor and say, and he's getting ready to close. Watch this. Y'all did all that shouting about Purim, but I got to finish it this one. Watch this. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. You don't have the luxury when you're a king of getting off the throne because, because, because somebody hurt you. When you're a king, you don't have the luxury to say, I'm just not going into work today. Work, you run the kingdom. Some of you have been passively sitting by watching life happen to you because you keep getting off the throne because somebody hurts you. See, when you're a king, you need a high pain tolerance, which means you're going to have to learn how to play in pain. You're going to have to learn how to pray in pain. You're going to have to learn how to worship in pain. You're going to have to learn how to drive in pain. You're going to have to learn how to work in pain. You're going to have to get used to pain. Pain can make you passive or pain can make you persistent. The choice of yours, and since you're a king, choose wisely. Say, the choice is mine. Choice I is mine. must choose wisely. Here it is. Watch this. I got to skip through this to get you this. Now, watch this. Uh, Daniel seven eighteen. I need you to see this. I need you to see this. I need a high pain tolerance. Anybody where, where, where you get a little cut and you and you, and you like, oh, just like in the natural, not like spiritual, you get a little cut, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. I'm in. You're not going to be honest, but can, can like a few of y'all be honest, like, oh, yeah. Anybody where, you know, you had cuts and bruises and you leaked pints of blood and somebody had to tell you you were bleeding? I, I you know, exaggerated. You ain't leaking pints of blood, but get my point. You, you have been cut and somebody had to tell you, ooh, you got a cut. And you're like, I didn't have any time to pay attention to the cut because I had to keep making it happen. I want you to see something. I want you to see something. Touch the neighbor. Say, we're almost there. Come on, 1115. Talk to me like your king. Say, we're almost there. uh, Daniel 7, 18 says this, but the saints of the Most High God shall receive the kingdom. Now, a king has a domain or dominion. Got it? And they shall possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. That word receive doesn't mean it's going to be given to me. That word receive in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament is the word quabble, which sounds like squabble, which means you're going to have to take it. That's why one of our sayings is we ain't come to take sides, but we've come to take over. Where did we get that from? Because God says you're going to possess greater dominion. You're going to possess the kingdom. That's who who God says you can be and what God says you can have. But to do that, ain't nobody just going to give it to you. You're going to have to take it. Here's been your neighbor's issue. They waiting up on a ship to come in that's never been scheduled. You got to hear what I'm saying. You got to hear what I'm saying. You get this, you get this, you get this, you get this. Touch your neighbor and say, I am, I am a king. You're waiting on somebody to come open a door for you. When God says, what in the heck are you waiting on that for? Go get you some wood. Get you some nails. Go to the store. Build your own door. Open your own door. You're waiting on somebody to do something for you. God says, that's not how this works. You're going to have to take him. Is there any takeover people? Oh God! I maybe I met the wrong experience. Are there any takeover people in here that say I got to? I dare you to just act like you're taking it. Then yeah, you're gonna have to take your joy back, take your peace back, take your finances back, take your peace of mind back. But watch this. Watch this. Say, how do I take it, Bishop? Take it? I'm about to tell you. Acts 14:22. You ready? All right, now, don't y'all get quiet on me here because I'm closing. Test the say we're almost, there. we're almost there. Acts 14 22. We must, through many tribulations, take. It. take. Yes, Remember, it ain't giving. Gotta what? Take it. Your tribulation is nothing more than a sale. You missed it. I don't mean sail like on a boat. I mean sail like at a store. When you have tribulation as a king, you say this. Now I get access to stuff at a better price. The lady, this lady at this store, this lady at this particular store, she said, oh, uh, Bishop Foreman, uh, she said, we just want to let you know you got a special points day coming up on such and such day. And, you know, you can schedule your points day and all that. I said, I never knew that there was such a day. He said, oh, well, we, you know, we tell you about special points there. So if you come in on this day, for every dollar you spend, you get, you know, three times the points or something like that. I said, that sounds phenomenal. Here's the point. When you have tribulation, any kings in here? When you have tribulation, kings, here's what's happening. Is God puts everything you wanted access to on sale. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm ready to ride home, Tonto. What's this? you're crying about your tribulation and God says, I just brought that car down to your price I just brought that shalom down to your price I just put it on sale touch your neighbor say, he put it on sale for me that's why I feel like preaching that's why the Bible says that he makes our enemies our footstool because whenever I see tribulation I'm getting ready to be upgraded touch your neighbor say, he put it on sale he put it on sale so watch this, watch this, watch this. I got to wrap this up. I got to wrap this up. Am I open anybody? Watch this. Uh, we must through many tribulations. Say many tribulations. So if I'm going to have many tribulations, I got to have a pain tolerance that can deal with multiple problems. Watch this. You're going to have to learn how to deal with 99 problems. But quitting ain't one. Where, I thought this was the 1115. Where the real folk at? I got to sometimes learn how to deal with 99 followers. But quitting ain't one of them. If you want to quit don't look at me. Touch your neighbor and say quitting ain't one of them. Quitting ain't one. Watch, 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 watch. That word tribulation. Now he said many tribulations. Say many. Which means I got to be dealing with this problem while dealing with this problem. Y'all understand that? Yeah, this is the 1115, so I might make some pop culture references in just a moment. Don't be offended. I got to deal with this clap back. All right, I'll leave it alone. I got to deal with this problem, and I got to deal with this problem. I got to deal with Blue Ivy, then I got to deal with Purple Rose, and I got to deal with Purple Rain. And then San Antonio and Dallas and, and Northwest, Northeast and Southwest. So I got to deal with them all at the same time. Here's your problem. You only want to have to deal with one problem at a time. That's why your dominion is limited. Let me help you understand something. Your income will match your ability to solve multiple problems. That was for free. That was for free. See, you know why a chief executive gets paid more? Because he has to manage multiple problems at one time. The customer service rep deals with one person at a time. That means mean they're a lesser person. It just means they don't know how to manage multiple problems at the same time. But are you? You're a king, which means I know you got family stuff here, you got financial stuff here, you got job stuff here, you got car stuff here, but it don't matter because through many tribulations, I take the kingdom. Somebody holler, the takeover is here. Say, and it's me. That word tribulation, I got to finish this, comes from the Greek word polypsis, which means pressure that constricts and rubs together. It means a narrow place that hems somebody in, but then it means internal pressure that causes paralysis. Hear me, church. Say tribulation. tribulation. Pressure that constricts. Anybody, you been feeling constricted? you talk talking about, I just feel stuck. You ain't stuck. That's in your head. Then, watch this, a narrow place that hems somebody in. You're like, well, I just don't know how to do this. I don't know how I'm going to beat this. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. I don't know how I'm going to conquer this. So you feel hemmed in when you're not hemmed in. The reality is, is that you don't understand that you are being, watch this, set up to take and possess the kingdom. See, whenever a king gets hemmed in, a king is like, I'm going to get creative. You give me limitation, I'll have innovation. Give me nothing but a peanut butter and jelly, and I'll start me a restaurant that serves gourmet peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'll get me a food truck and start delivering peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with gourmet fries to people up and down the street. You don't stop me when you give me limitations. Watch me get innovative. Some of y'all complaining about your money being funny and your chains being strange. First, you need to tie. But then number two, you need to give your offer. But then number three, what you need to say is, this going to make me creative. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to take a little bit and get a lot done with it. But then that final definition, it means internal pressure that causes paralysis. Internal pressure that causes paralysis. It's internal. So here's what you'll say. I just have, so- I'm- watch this, hear what you say. Hear, hear me, Denver, because I've heard many of y'all say this here. I'm just so overwhelmed it's it's so much no that's internal pressure and here's where it's coming from you're so scared to fail that you won't even try but you you're a king and even if you do fail because you're a king it ain't win or lose it's win or learn might not work, but I'm still alive. I got another I got another day. It may not go the way I want it to go, but for this reason was I sick? I was telling this morning, checkers. Maybe, maybe you don't understand chess, but anybody understand checkers? Anybody understand checkers? Checkers, the red, black, checkers. Black, black, black. Now here's the deal with checkers. It's checkers when you were playing, you were trying to get to the other side because when you got to the other side, if you eventually got all the way invested on the other side, then they would have to king you. And now, watch this, you have to sacrifice some of your, some of your uh, uh, checkers to get to the other side. And watch this, if, if you got too scared, the game got kind of boring real fast because you were trying to keep all your two back rows back there. Where the honest people at? They're like, I ain't moving nothing from my two back rows. I ain't doing none of that. And what happens is, is then if you don't risk anything, you'll never get to the other side, which means you'll never be kinged. You have internal pressure that's creating paralysis, and you have got to learn how to overcome that paralysis. So, watch this. Touch your neighbor and say, he's about to help us. That's the wrong neighbor. Touch that and say, he's about to help us. Now, through many tribulations, do we uh, take or possess the kingdom. Got it? Because remember, the third point, every king needs a what? High pain tolerance. Now, John 6.15. Can I just finish this? I'm out of time, but can I finish this? Are you, you sure you want me to finish I can just quit Me finish with him. John 6.15. Then, therefore, when Jesus perceived, they were about to come and take him by force. Read the next part. To make him king. Lead the verse up for a minute. Say, make him king. Make him king. See, here's been your issue. You may like, I just want to do it at my own timetable. I don't think I'm ready. I don't think it's the time. Problem is, is you ain't made nothing. You ain't paid for nothing. So, therefore, you don't run nothing. Run nothing is a southern colloquialism which means you are not in charge. Christ is in charge. Which means he often puts you in stuff that you like and then says you bet not choke. (laughs) Look at the verse. Look at the verse. Therefore Jesus perceived they're about to come and do what? Take him by force. Stay with me. They're about to do what? Take him by what? See that's what happens with some of your enemies. Is it takes you you don't even get to pick it you wake up one morning got to deal with it you get a text and got to deal with it you get a call and got to deal with it but look what they were coming to do they were coming to make him king you you missed it they were coming to make him king who was behind this whole thing of them coming you know the story Jesus is there in the garden. They just finished praying. Jesus is there. Jesus gets up, finishes praying. He says, the hour is at hand. He said, the Son of Man has been delivered into the hands of men. He says, the hour is here. And who comes up to see him? Judas. When did he come to do it? In between Purim and Passover. Today's Purim. Judas comes. And when Judas comes, the Bible says, Judas, he said, the one I kiss, that's Jesus. Now, here's my question. How come they didn't know what he looked like? Now, I know they didn't have, you know, pictures and smartphones and selfies with Jesus and Peter and them. I know they didn't have that. But I'm just saying, they should have had some idea he would look different. See, he was the rabbi, he was the teacher, so he would have been dressed differently than the followers. Judas comes up and the Bible says he betrays him with a kiss. Why did he betray him with a kiss? So he could get in his emotions. He wanted him to get in his emotions. Because if he got emotional, he was going to miss his moment to be made king what are you trying to say what are you trying to say i'm here to tell some of y'all watch this i only shout if this has happened to you over the last few weeks watch this only shout if this is you if this ain't you you just be seated and be encouraged watch this watch this you need a high pain tolerance because as you're being made king watch this you have to deal with betrayal from whom you've helped the most but they appreciate it the least and they almost made you give up on helping people entirely need to check the room just need to check the room some of y'all said I'm done helping people I'm not doing this no more I'm not doing that no more I'm gonna tell you don't you let that Judas pull you into that don't you let that enemy pull you into that you're a king and because you're a king you have a high pain tolerance if I had time I would tell you that David dealt with the same thing after he was anointed to become king it hurt David if you read his story in Psalm 35. It hurt David, excuse me. It hurt David. Pretty rough. Second sentence. Help, it hurt David pretty rough. Matter of fact, you want to see? Just you wanna see? I'm already over time, so you know I'm already in the pool. Might as well just get my hair wet. I know ladies sometimes you be getting in the pool. Oh my god, I got in the pool. Just you go and you don't sweat that, relax out, just go and get in there. And- just going, you know, you know. What's this? What's this? What's this? Say, I need a high pain tolerance. I, high pain. I, I, I used to say, God, how much could one man take? And I deal with different things. I said, God, dog. I said, Jesus Christ, my God. Good day in the morning, good evening, good afternoon. You know, I said, How much can one man take? You know what he said, Samo? He said, Son, you're not a man. You're not a regular man. You are a king. Let me help somebody up on here. You're not a regular woman. You're not a regular man. You are a king. So we got to have a high pain tolerance to deal with stuff that kills other people. In Psalm 35, Psalm 35, Psalm 35, I just want you to read. I just want you to read a couple verses. I want you to read a couple. Well, I read faster than you, so I'm going to read it. Okay, how about that? Psalm 35, 1. Plead my cause, O Lord, to those who strive with me. Fight against me, uh, who, those who fight against me. Take hold of my shield and my buckler. Stand up for my help. Also draw up the spear and stop those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let those be put to shame and brought to dishonor who seek after my life. Let those be burned, turned back, and brought to confusion who plot my hurt. Let them be like chaff before the wind. And, uh, let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery. Let the angel of the Lord pursue them. For without cause... I was good to them, for without cause they have hidden their net for me in a pit which they've dug out without cause for my life. Let destruction come upon him unexpectedly and let his net that he has hidden catch himself in that very destruction, let him fall. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like you? Delivering the poor for him who is strong for him. Yes, the poor and the needy from who plunders him. Verse 11, first witnesses rise up. They ask me things I do not know. They reward me, my, uh, me evil for my good. To the shower of my soul, verse 13, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. In other words, he said, when I needed back what I gave to them, when I needed that back, they didn't do that for me. I humbled myself with, uh, with fasting and my prayer would return to my own heart. Verse 14, I paced as though he were my friend or brother. He says, I treated their issues like they were serious issues. I bowed down heavily as one who mourns for his mother. Verse 15, but in my adversity, they rejoiced and gathered together. Ain't it interesting how enemies will find one another on Facebook to talk about you? All right, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. All right. All, all says, verse 16, or verse 15 rather. But in my adversity, they rejoiced and gathered together. Attackers gathered against me, and I didn't even know what they were doing. They tore at me and did not cease. With verse 16, with ungodly mockers at feast, they gnashed at me with their teeth. In other words, he said, they had a party, and I was the subject of the party. All right, verse 17, Lord, how long are you gonna look on this? Rescue me from their destructions. My precious life from the lions, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. Let them not rejoice over me who are wrongfully my enemies, nor let them wink with the eye who hate me without a cause. For they did not speak of peace, but they devise deceitful matters against the quiet ones in the land. Verse 21, Am I, are you still with me? They also opened their mouth wide against me and said, Aha, aha, our eyes have seen him. In other words, they were like, uh, in other words, they started they started rumors. Uh-huh, okay. All right, y'all not gonna say nothing to me. Uh, this you have seen, touch your neighbor say, This is why you need to have pain tolerance. This you have seen, O Lord, do not keep silence. O Lord, do not be far from me. Stir up yourself and awake my vindication to my cause, my God and my Lord. Verse 24, vindicate me, O Lord, my God, according to your righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, "Ah, oh, so we should have it. Let them not say we have swallowed him up. In other words, he says, David's like, Lord, I just got anointed to be king. I just found out I'm the king. I'm trying to help you get this. David literally had just been anointed just been uh, declared to be the king he had just now been put in position to be the king and the first thing he's got to deal with is pain that's why it seems like all your life you've had to deal with a lot of pain pain from your daddy pain from your mama pain from your family pain from your friends oh, but I'm here to tell you you needed a high pain tolerance because you are a king Let the king shout in the house. Verse 25. Let them not say in their hearts, Oh, so we would have it. Let them not say, We've solidened them up. Verse 26. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion who rejoice in my hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor who exalt themselves against me. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Who he's talking about? David. Himself. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Here it is, church. I'm done. I went over time, but I think I helped some of the kings. David needed to have a high pain tolerance. Because if he didn't have a high pain tolerance, he was not going to be able to expand his dominion. You need a high pain tolerance. You have to learn how to pray in pain, how to worship in pain, how to give in pain, how to shout in pain. I know some of you are in pain today. You're going to have to learn how to shout through your pain. I know some of you are asking God how right now. Because you're a king, you just got to deal with it and deal with it well. So I just need to close the message right here. And I need all the kings that are dealing with some pain right now. That don't mind acting a little wild in front of your neighbor. To just let the enemy know you meant it for evil. But because I'm a king, it's turning. It's turning. It, ah, ah, it's turning for my good. Let the, let the kings rejoice. 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 Come on, kings, let me hear you praise it. Truth be told I'm in pain right now, but I'm a
0: king. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone.